Welcome back to the second part of the message from Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37, entitled, When the Devil Comes to Church. There are a number of notable times that God's people have been threatened by wicked people. Sometimes, even someone as strong as Elijah mishandles it. But sometimes, people seek out a greater source of strength than the Lord and learn to handle those threats properly. Here's Pastor Tim. But there's a man there, and we would say secondly, that this man was unguarded. He's unguarded. Look at verse number 33, the way that it begins. Now, in the synagogue, let me stop there for just a moment. I don't think that that just means that he was present that day. I think that phrase, in the synagogue, means that he is in the synagogue. I mean, I think he's a part of that. We would say that he's a member of that church. He's a part of them. He's not a a visitor that stepped out of nowhere that day. He's somebody that's always there. This is somebody's friend. He's in somebody's Sunday school class. He's he's on some kind of committee. He does something in the life of that church, and yet this is what the Bible says about him. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. How did that happen to him? I mean, if if this really is a man who's been, and let's just put it in our context, this is a man who's been coming to church. This is a man who's joined the church. And if if this is a Baptist man, then that means at some point he's walked the aisle. At some point he's prayed a prayer. At some point he's been baptized. This is a man that they all know. And if anybody were to ask, do you think that man's a Christian? Well, of course that man is a Christian. He's been coming to this church for who knows how long. So how does it happen that a demonic spirit gets a hold of somebody just like that? It's when his life is unguarded. The Bible says, guard your hearts with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. In other words, your heart is what what directs your thinking. It's out of your heart that your mouth speaks. It's out of your heart that actions are birthed. Guard your heart. In guarding your heart, you're guarding every part of your life. You're beginning with the spiritual and letting it work its way out to the physical. Not the other way around. We tend to go the other way around. We try to guard our bodies and guard our lives and guard these things. And so we say, well, I'm not going to go do that. And I'm not going to go with them. And I'm not going to say those things. And I'm not going to do, you know, I'm going I'm to save myself from doing those things. That's not where it begins. It begins in the heart. The heart has to be transformed. And then the outward actions follow. 
not trying to reform myself into being made right with God. Here's a man who refused to guard his heart, and the devil slipped in on him. While he wasn't paying attention, while he was doing something maybe that he should not be doing, thinking, talking, acting like he should not. And in that unguarded moment, this demon got a toehold in his life. A toehold will lead to a foothold, will lead to a stronghold, if you're not careful. This man has a stronghold on his life. You say, Tim, which one of those demons had him? (laughs) I don't know. Number one, I don't know. Number two, does it really matter? No, none of them belong here. None. None belong here. That leads me, though, to number three. Not only is the congregation unsuspecting and the man unguarded, but the demon was unclean. And that's specifically what it says there in verse number 33. This man had the spirit of an unclean demon. He's unclean. He's filthy. He's wicked. He's fallen. And it says that this demon then cried out with a loud voice, using the voice of that man, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you, who you are. In other words, who you really are. You're the Holy One of God. Spirit is described as an unclean demon. He has dragged this man down with him. By the way, the grammar in verse number 33, even though it says that this man has an unclean spirit, you know, we get the idea that this spirit now has somehow attacked him. And, you know, just just when, when he was in a moment of compromise and just kind of, you know, got him all of a sudden. That grammar indicates that it's this man's choices that he moved towards this demon. As he continued to make unclean choices, it led to unclean practices. And it wasn't so much that that he had a demon, it was that the demon had him. And he can't even speak without this demon doing the speaking for him. Now there's something I want you to notice about this unclean demon. He might be unclean, but he's well versed in the Scriptures. He knows, doesn't he? I mean, Jesus doesn't walk up. I mean, when he says, I know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, you know, Jesus doesn't have a little name tag on. I don't, I don't think, you know. Now they may have said... Today, we want to welcome Brother Jesus of Nazareth. He's going to be our guest speaker today. So maybe that's how he heard that this is Jesus of Nazareth, but I don't think so. I think he just knew. Because the first thing he says is, let us alone. 
why does an, A-N, why does an unclean spirit refer to himself as us? This is not legion that we're going to read about later on where there are hundreds of demons inside of this one man. It appears from verse number 33 that there is a spirit of an unclean demon inside of him and yet he says, leave us alone. He's speaking for all of them now. Speaking for all of them because he knows whom he addresses. This is not just Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are God the Son. You are the one who has authority over me and everybody like me. He knows who Jesus is, and it's not just that he knows what Jesus is capable of doing, he knows what Jesus is going to do. Leave us alone. Look at this in verse number 34. Did you come to destroy us? Again, in Mark's gospel, he kind of allows this passage to more unfold like a flower, even more than Luke does. And there the demon is quoted as saying, Have you come to destroy us before the time? There's coming a point in history when Jesus will gather every one of these demon spirits together, and cast them into that bottomless pit where they will reside forever and forever and forever and they will never be seen from ever again. They will be tortured for all of eternity. Have you come to do this now, Jesus? He said, leave us alone. It's not time yet. The demon knows more than the average person in that congregation The demon knows who Jesus is, who he really is, and he knows what's coming. But he also knows it's not time yet. How does he know that? How does this demon know that it's not time for Jesus to cast him into that bottomless pit? When when the others don't know, when we don't know, We don't know when that day's coming. We don't get to mark it on a calendar. We don't get to say it's not time yet. How does he know? Because Jesus hasn't been to the cross yet. He hasn't won through that death and burial and resurrection. His authority back, if you will. To be able to say, I will cast you into that bottomless pit. That part hasn't happened yet. And so they know it's not yet time. We got free reign right now. But until that day, we want to keep on keeping on. The demon is unclean. And yet he knows. It's not enough for you to just believe up here. 
It's not enough for you just to agree with the facts that the Bible presents. The Bible says even the demons believe, and yet they tremble because they know this day is coming. You have to trust the Lord. Let me give you another one. See, if this were to happen today, if this were to happen in here, I'd be shaking in my boots already, you know? But not Jesus. I'll tell you, number four, the Lord was unshaken. He was unshaken by everything that was going on. Here's this man with an unclean spirit sitting in the congregation, stands up and starts screaming out these things. In verse number 35, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Just two simple directions. Be quiet. The word literally means to be muzzled. Stick a cork in it. (laughs) I don't want to hear from you anymore. Hush. And guess what? He doesn't speak anymore. He gives him a second direction. He says, and come out of him. Come out. I mean, the demon certainly didn't want to be quiet. And he surely doesn't want to come out of this man. Because what's going to happen to him next? He's not sure what Jesus might do to him. But in verse number 35, regardless of what might come, it says, when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Jesus is in charge. I mean, that's why he's not shaken. Because he's in charge. Listen, when early in chapter number 4, when Jesus stands before people and says, I am the Messiah, the rest of chapter number 4 is proof. You know, what's the, what's the first piece of evidence, the first proof that Jesus really is the Son of God, the Messiah? He tells demons to be quiet and they do. He tells demons to come out of people and they do. Whatever it is that may have a hold of your life, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The Bible says if you would resist the devil, he would flee from you. It's not about you being stronger. You're never going to be strong enough. But if you would just resist, we just don't do that. We give in. It's far more comfortable to live this life that I am now familiar with than for the presence of God to mess things up. That's really the sad part, isn't it? What do you do with this today? I mean, what do, you, what do you do with this? I mean, once you, once you know Jesus has power over these demons, what do you do? The people in this congregation, they don't know what to do. Let me give you number five. The witnesses were unsure. They just don't know. 
I mean, look at verse 36. They were all amazed. I mean, you would be too, right? I mean, they're all amazed. But there's a far cry difference than, from being amazed than being transformed. Jesus is not here to amaze you. Whew. You know? That's not what He's about. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. They were all amazed and they spoke among themselves. Tell me what good that does. I've been pastoring church long enough to know when folks start talking amongst themselves <laughs> that it's usually not good. They're not usually interested in what God wants them to do or they'd be talking to God, not to themselves. But they're talking amongst themselves and they're saying, what a word this is. For with authority and power, He commands the unclean spirits and they come out. In other words, they just don't know what to do with this. Man, that was an incredible sermon. That was an incredible church service. That was wonderful. And we go home amazed, but we don't go home changed. And it says in verse number 37 that the report about Him went to every place in that surrounding region. But you know what's missing? There's not one mention of anybody believing. There's not one mention of anybody being saved. There's not one mention of repentance. They're just going back to doing what they're sure of. Because being unsure is not an option for them. Would you, prove, would you choose the presence of God and give up control and give up security and give up familiarity? Or would you rather keep all of those things and let's just keep this boat going. We know what they choose. The question is, what do you choose? What are you going to do with this? Are any of those, that whole long list of unclean spirits that we talked about, any of those come knocking at you? They want in. They're looking for a little crevice, a little chink in the armor, a little break in the chain. Better be on your guard because they're coming. The culture is not going to let up because you're uncomfortable. The culture is going to continue at you until the devil's got you. And yet with all of that banging that all of those demons might do, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody would open the door, I will come in and have fellowship with them and them with me. 
you would just put him first. If you would let him genuinely have preeminence. If you would simply trust him and resist the devil. Everything in your life will be different. Let's pray together today. Some of you may need to pray against something that's going on in your own life. That's going on in your mind in that battleground that's taking place there. What do you need to do that would be different than what the people in that synagogue did that day? God, we want you to have freedom here. We want your spirit to have freedom. We don't want the devil to have any place whatsoever in any crevice in the life of this church. Purify us. Revive us. We choose your presence. We choose your glory over anything and everything else. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Maybe you want to continue the prayer. Maybe you want to come to the altar. If I can help you, I want to. Maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you need to plant your life in our church. Maybe there is some of those things that you are struggling with. Let's do some business today. You ready? Let's stand together. Sean. Such a reassuring message to help us understand as we seek out a greater source of strength in the Lord and learn to handle those threats properly instead of handling them on our own. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.